0: my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. welcome to another legion of michael podcast. Thank you very much for being with me. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh I am here to remind you that you can go to legionofmichael.com and uh, that hyperlink is in the show notes. You can go to legionofmichael.com right now and you can click the enroll button and get started in the Legion of Michael Church Security Distance Learning Program. And if enrollment is not currently open, put in your first name, your email address, click the button, and the moment that it is open, you will be made aware. You guys saw the uh, you saw the title. It says "Minding Your Own Business." The title of this says "Minding Your Own Business," and then you jumped into Psalm twenty-three. Yes, I wanted to deliver a psalm that was uplifting and that was heartfelt—a uh, a verse, not just a psalm, but a verse that was uplifting and heartfelt because we have. Very sad, disturbing news out of Glendale, Arizona. A gentleman named Hans Schmidt was delivering God's message. He is a pastor with the Victory Chapel First in Phoenix, and he was out in public. And his crime, his crime was reading Bible verses through a megaphone in public. Yes, that was his crime. That was the crime uh, that he was committing against Satan and the minions of Satan and the world. And just a couple of days ago, uh, in the middle of the day, as he was reading a Bible verse in public, he was shot in the head. He's currently in critical condition. Uh, Doctors don't know uh, the prognosis, and it's too early to tell. And we're praying for him. What does that have to do with minding your own business? Well, if you're going to be involved in security, security is not about having a gun. That's having a gun is part of it, but you are the operating system for the gun. We've talked about this, you know, ad nauseum. Having a gun on you does not provide an invisible cone of protection around your body. A firearm is just a tool. Your primary weapon is your brain. And part of that weapon is or it should be a solid foundation in situational awareness. Paying attention to what's going on around you, noticing things that other people might not notice, noticing that one clue that could save your life. Now, ignoring that one clue could be fatal. You may have a spouse, you may have friends, you may have acquaintances, you have, you may have uh, mentors or teachers or or people who you respect who would tell you the best the best thing for you to do is to. Mind your own business. You know, pay it just pay attention to yourself. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just just pay attention to you. Just pay attention to yourself. Or people say, well, when I go out in public, I don't I don't notice what other people are doing. Well, that's great. And it sounds like wonderful advice, doesn't it? It sounds like reasonable advice. You see, that's the advice of the world. The world's advice, man's advice, comes to you and it seems reasonable. But when it comes to security, when it comes to protection, when it comes to avoiding fatal car accidents, how do you avoid a fatal car accident, a car crash, when the other person is not paying attention and they cross over the center line? And if you didn't notice it and make an adjustment, they would have smashed right into you. Or you see a car approaching an intersection, you know that they're supposed to stop, and you're watching them, and you're like, it doesn't seem like they're going to stop. they don't. They roll right through the stop sign, right through the red light. And it's your corrective action that keeps them from slamming into you. Now, you could apply this to anywhere. You could apply it to your workplace. You could apply it to, you know, industrial accidents. Uh, Paying attention to what's going on, the situation that you're in. The moment you walk out of your house, you need to be paying attention. We should pay attention in your house, but... When you leave your house, because there are other forces at work, there are other people at work, and you can't control that, but you need to pay attention to it. And failure to pay attention can be fatal. But how do we balance that? How can we balance a a need to be situationally aware with the advice of, well, mind your own business. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just worry about what you're doing. Okay. Okay. That's good advice. Not really. Actually, it's not good advice. I'm not even going to say that. People who say, well, I just mind my own business. Okay, cool. But when you're out there, let's say you're driving a car. Let's say you have your children in your car. Let's say you have taken that advice, like, I don't I don't pay attention to other people. I only pay attention to me. There are other people's lives in your hands. You're responsible for the lives of other people. And your desire to just, quote, mind your own business and don't worry about what other people are doing could prove fatal. If you've accepted the position as a security provider for other people, you can't just mind your own business. You have to be switched on because you may only get one clue that something bad is about to happen. Very rarely... You know, when, whether I, when I was a bodyguard, when I was a police officer, uh, very rarely d- does an attack just come out of nowhere. People are like, oh, it just came out of nowhere. People say that. People will say, oh, that, he just came out of nowhere. They'll say that in the aftermath. But if you go back and you examine the situation and you look at it closely from an objective perspective, you look and you're like, well, see, he didn't actually come out of nowhere. He showed up, and he said, whatever. He cursed you. He threatened you. He said things. Then he left. Then he came back with a gun. In the situation in Glendale, Arizona, they this preacher, this pastor who was delivering the message to the masses in public had been threatened numerous times. People who live in the area say, yes. People driven by and screamed obscenities at him. That's minions of Satan. Satan's minions. Satan's children. Because what what do we know about Satan? And what do we know about Satan's children? They hate the word of God. The word of God is like poison to them. It's like acid to their souls. We talked a couple of weeks ago, we talked about when Jesus encountered the demons before he cast them out of people, he would encounter them and they would throw their, their victim to the ground and thrash about and scream and writhe because they were in the presence of God and they hated it. These people are here. The minions of Satan are here and they are among us. And they've gotten bolder. They've gotten more bold year after year after year. Now it's not just them attacking you verbally. Now it's them attacking you physically. And how do we protect them? Now, if you've ever seen a video from one of the uh, the left-wing protests, you know, the Louis Farrakhan of old, if I can bring up Louis Farrakhan, or fill in the blank, the Farrakhan-like motivational speakers, right? You know, the left speakers. when though When they go out, and when they're standing in public, if you watch, you can probably pull up video and photos right now. When you watch them delivering their message of hate and division and, and so forth, their their message of the world, what you'll see is you'll see people standing around them, not looking at them, but looking at the crowd. The people who are standing around Farrakhan or fill in the blank, uh, Those people aren't looking at them because they're looking at the crowd because they're providing security for their principle. They're providing security for their person. You say, well, I mean, come on, Paul, we can't just have security for everybody, every pastor or preacher that goes out there. Maybe not, uh, but maybe we should. Maybe if you're delivering Christ's message as you've been commanded to, maybe if you're delivering that message, and you're get and you're being threatened. This is when some people would say, "Well, if God wanted him to survive, God would send His angels to protect him." Aren't you that angel? Aren't you that person? Do you have the the mental and physical capacity to be a protector of the innocent? Do you? And if you do. And you decide not to do it, are you not throwing away a talent that God has given you? You know, that's like saying, people say, well, I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to take my child to the hospital because if God wants my child to live, he'll just miracle him back to life. Don't you think that, that God put the doctors and nurses in the emergency rooms to do just that? Yes, indeed. You know, Christ sent out his 12 disciples. If Christ would have wanted to let you say, you could say, I mean, if you want to take it to extreme lengths, you'd say, well, that was, you know, it was was God's job through Christ to provide his message. And if he wanted the message to be spread, then he should have just done it himself. Why did he send his disciples out to do it? Because he needed them to spread. They needed to be part of it. You see, he needed the disciples to be part of the message. The message wasn't whole without them. He needed them to be part of the message. And he needs you to be part of the message. He needs you to be part of the security team. He needs you to be one who is paying attention to the world. You know, I saw this and I wondered. I was like, did someone see this coming? Did they get one clue? Chances are they probably did you get one clue one opportunity to do something positive to do something that will positively affect the outcome of the at- of the attack of the assault now if someone is in the middle of delivering their their sermon or their speech or their if they're delivering the message they're into the message and they're delivering that and i don't expect them to be paying attention and looking at everyone and watching the situation but that's where you come in. That's where other people come in. Situational awareness is not something that happens overnight. And as a matter of fact, in our current world, in the world in which we live, there are so many distractions that prevent us from being situationally aware that it's very. It can be extremely difficult. I learned to be situationally aware. I was taught that when I was 19 years old, when I went to a bodyguard school, then I learned I spent more time when I was doing nuclear weapons security and I did more time when I was a police officer and more time working as a bodyguard. You have to pay attention. You have to be the one. Eyes up, ears open. Look, pay attention. You may get one clue, and that one clue may be your only opportunity to act in a positive manner to protect someone else's life. Attacks on Christians and churches are up dramatically. We can either just hope and pray that this will go away, that the minions of Satan will go away and they leave us alone, or we can be the good stewards, we can use the talents that God has given us, and we can protect the innocent. We can stand between evil and the innocent. We can inject ourselves between evil men and innocent people. But in order to do that, you can't be minding your own business. You have to be aware of everything that's going on around you. And it takes practice. It does. It takes practice. And one thing you have to do is you have to take that reasonable advice you know, Like I said, it could be from your spouse or from anyone, and you have to park it, you have to put it in the background, and you're like, thank you for that advice. But here's the thing, I'm responsible for the protection and the lives of other people. Other people are relying upon me to actually not mind my own business. Other people are relying on me to pay attention to what's going on in the world so that I will have the opportunity to put myself between evil men and the innocent. Will you please join me for the warrior's prayer? Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.